0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What's going on, free people of Middle Earth? I said it by accident the other week, but I'm just going with it because it feels feels right, you guys. You know, I'm a big nerd and it feels right. So there you go. You are now all residents of Middle Earth. There you go. Uh, fun fact, I was notified by Illumination, my producer, for those of you who don't know, we got a lot of new people watching. Um that august 31st which is today was actually our first ever recording back when we used to record pre-record and then show them on the weekends it was our first ever episode of elijah fire uh back when i was still wet behind the ears and i was crazy nervous because i was like why am i doing this i know i'm supposed to but i have no idea what i'm doing and illumination and i were kind of Joking with each other because we were both in that exact same boat. That was her first day on the job, and she did amazing. She still does amazing. So it's just cool to see how this has grown, how God has uh, just taken it to new heights. And we've got um, a lot of other really cool stuff planned in the future. Uh, And I'm just excited, man. Like, it's, I'm stoked. So, also today is episode 98 of Elijah Fire. So, welcome. Happy Wednesday, everybody. We're right in the middle of the week. Life is good. Today is, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to, to today. Um, and I'm trying to, figure, I'm like getting ahead of myself because I'm so excited. Um, my guest today shared something. Uh, it was really, really deep. It was, it was um, something from her past, something that happened in her past. I mean, it was just really raw and transparent. I realize, I really feel like this guest really, really that department of just being raw and genuine, and that's what we need in the body of Christ. So um, my guest today, she's a singer-songwriter. You can get her latest album, Soul Anthems, everywhere. You can listen to all the streaming platforms. It's amazing. Um, I listen to it intermittently. It's fantastic. Uh, She's also the founder of Axel Creative Co., let's give it up for my guest today jasmine wheeler hey hey welcome back to the show
2: yeah thanks for having me back excited to be with you guys today
1: yeah absolutely okay so you had some exciting life uh life things happen recently uh you got married
2: i did that last name is different it changed
1: yeah do you still accidentally call yourself jasmine tate
2: no i'm fully committed i'm yeah. fully i'm fully about it i'm fully a wheeler i've transitioned yeah so,
1: that's yeah, awesome it's been,
2: it's been beautiful
1: do you find yourself calling like this is my husband this is my husband this is my husband hey yeah. This is my husband. yeah yeah i do that when i'm
2: introducing him but i also do it when i'm telling him about everybody else i'm like over explaining who people are in life because I'm still getting used to oh he knows everything yeah. you know yeah
1: yeah I think that was kind of a fun a fun adjustment too where I just wanted to tell everybody that my wife was my wife yeah um, so yeah it's 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 good good times okay so um I guess we kind of I mean I don't know we'll see kind of you have uh just a a really deep testimony it's crazy it's uh amazing to see how god kind of flipped this thing go ahead and just start talking and we'll see where this goes okay yeah
2: absolutely um yeah you mentioned the post that i made on instagram um a a little while ago and um i in that post i was just sharing about uh, this relationship that i ended up in when i was in college with one of my teammates another woman and uh, basically the, the, the way all of this happened was uh, I never struggled my whole life with same-sex attraction, never mm-hmm. was in that world, never in that lifestyle. In fact, uh, people in high school would come to me and I would like love on them and try to help them process and get free from that world and that lifestyle when I was in high school. Uh, but I never struggled with that space. It was never my temptation. Uh, something my pastor says all the time is, Um, you know, we all have different temptations and we can't really control Mm -hmm. what the temptation is that comes in, you know, um, we just, we can control how we respond to those things. And so that was not one of my temptations. Um, but I got to college and, uh, my senior year of college, uh, I got injured and, um, long story short, there's a lot of details here for the sake of time. I'm not going to hit all the details, but, Mm -hmm. uh, had this surgery um, on my ACL, got injured, and ended up uh, one of my teammates kind of started helping me out with my knee and just helping take care of that, care for the surgery and all that kind of stuff. And before I know it, um, we were like connecting emotionally. Uh, she had just had some major losses in her life. I just had some loss in my life. And yeah. I was just super lonely. And before we knew it, we, were, we ended up in a relationship. Uh, Where we found ourselves uh, emotionally connected, physically connected, just all the boundaries completely crossed. Neither one of us, like I said, had ever struggled with that. Not just me, but not even her, had ever struggled in that space before. And um, and it was kind of this uh, we found ourselves just in this deep pit where we were living a lie. Uh, We weren't telling people what was happening. If people asked us, we were telling them there was nothing there. Uh, I went to a D1 secular university. Uh, And so honestly, if we wanted to tell people, we probably could have. and it Yeah. They'd
1: be like, cool. Yeah.
2: You know Uh, she wasn't walking with Jesus at the time I was walking with Jesus. She wasn't walking with Jesus and God had actually showed me that he wanted to draw her to himself. Uh, And so uh, I knew that I was supposed to be a part of that process, but along the way, the relationship got perverted Mm. and it shifted into something that it was never supposed to be. Uh, And so uh, we kind of like, lie not telling anybody uh and i would just continually be convicted by the holy spirit I, you know i would uh wake up just this conviction and I'm so thankful for the gift of the holy spirit and that conviction uh because there was just one day where i felt like i had hit rock bottom where uh i mean you know in in the bondage that we were living in the, the enemy loves that space. And so yeah. everything that could have happened to support that was like <sighs> happening, you know, and so like,
3: yeah.
2: uh, we go on the road with our team and our coaches are like, you two, you guys could be in the same room. You guys should live together for a season so she can help you with your need. It was literally all these spaces coming wow. together to Man. make it possible for that sin to thrive in, in our lives. Mm. Um, and so anyway, so we get to this rock bottom moment where we're together one night and I'm just, crying and I'm like, this is wrong. And I'm crying out to the Lord. I'm saying, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out of this. Um, I I don't I feel like if I tell somebody that uh that I'm close to, then it'll like ruin the rest of my life and ministry and all the things that I'm called to. I won't get trusted with anything else. They'll just shut everything down and uh and if I don't tell anybody then to die spiritually. And I've tasted too much of God to turn her away and to stay in sin. And so I found myself in this valley of decision, but I didn't Mm. know how to get out of it. Um, I was convinced that I couldn't get myself out of it, which was kind of true. And so I said, God, um, I give you permission to do whatever it takes to pull me out of this place, Mm. whatever it takes. If you want to speak to somebody else, if you want to give somebody else a dream, a vision, you want to tell some body my name give them a prophetic insight of what happened like tell on me so that so it was I like i
1: saved me from myself kind of a moment
2: yeah yeah and it was this space of uh i think it's in i don't remember the exact scripture scripture reference but somewhere in first or second corinthians it talks about um it was my one of my memory verses in sixth grade my teacher would not be happy with me now because i can't remember <laughs> where it was but there's a scripture that talks about how uh, there's no temptation. Um, that's uncommon to man. First like,
1: Corinthians ten thirteen. There
2: he is. He got it. Yeah. Yep. And so it says in that scripture, um, part of it, it says that, but when you are tempted, God will provide a way out. Yep. And so I was banking on that way out that God, if, if I'm there, I'm in this sin, I'm being tempted with this. I'm, I feel lost in this, but you said that you would provide a way out. So show me the way out. Help me to see it. Like make a way for me. And uh, the next morning, I get a phone call from a friend of mine, and she, um, she says, hey, I know this is super random, but I had this dream about you last night, and you were in a relationship with this girl on your team. And she said the name of the girl, told me all the details of this room that we were in, what we were doing, this whole thing. And then she says, but I know you don't struggle with this, so it's probably like symbolic of something else. And you're
3: uh, like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: I'm like, no, this, is God. this yeah. is God. I told God that if He gave somebody a dream that I would respond, you know, I'm, free. Yeah. I'm like wait. And um God did it. He provided the way out. Mm. And I told him that if he did it, that I would take the way out. Yeah. And so I told this girl, my my friend who called me with the dream, uh, I just wept and I said, I, I told her what happened, what I told the Lord the night before, and uh, and then I told her everything that had happened. Uh, The word of God says, confess your sin to one another so that you may be healed. Uh, And so I confessed to her everything that was happening. I brought it into the light um, and just told her, I was like, I need help. I don't know how to do this. I've never been in this position before, but I want total freedom and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get it and to keep it. And so kind of started me on this journey of telling, uh, uh, at the time, he's like a spiritual father, mentor, my pastor at the time. Uh, so I told him about it, told all my closest friends, some other mentors in my life, uh, and just did everything I could to get it as far in the light as possible with all the people who were closest to me. Uh, and then I went back to this young lady and, uh, repented to her. And I told her everything that had just happened. And I repented to her and said, I'm sorry, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I've been leading you away from Jesus. Cause the crazy thing is Jeff, that during all of this period of time, it, this, 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 this whole relationship lasted just a few months, you know, it felt like years of darkness, but it was, it was just a, a few months. I've, you been know? In, and, uh, I've
1: been in a relationship like that too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so I, I, had, um, in that few months, it was crazy. Like she would come to me and talk to me about Jesus and have these questions about God. And she was like, I remember this one time she was like, it's like you and your friends that you guys are all superheroes. And there's something different about you guys. And so it would tear me up. Cause I'm like, Jesus is literally drawing her wow. to him and I'm leading her away from
1: him. So she was having these questions while you guys were yes. in a relationship. Yes. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: It was it tearing me up, you know, yeah, so, I can
1: imagine. Yeah.
2: And so, um, I, I told her you know, I, at that, when I went back, I, I repented to her, tell, told her that I was leading her away from Jesus, I told her the gospel. Um, told her the error, how we got into it, kind of explained to her what the Lord had shown me. Um, and then literally she decided she wanted to follow Jesus that night, gave her life to Jesus, got baptized, um, and started walking with Jesus. And yeah. um, and then that, um, the support that the body of Christ was around me, my friends and just spiritual family, like the way that people came around me and um, just like, fought for me in the spirit and, uh, extended the mercy of God and just loved me. And, um, it it was just such a beautiful, I I know, I I just feel so blessed by the way, uh, the church that I was connected to my spiritual family of that time, the way they embraced me during that time and loved me. And, um, and I walked through just the healing process, you know? And so I started asking the Lord, uh, through help from some other friends kind of walking me through this of like, how did this happen? Uh, what, how did it, how did I end up here? What happened here? And the Lord began to show me mother wounds. He began to show me that there was these places in my life where, uh, you know, my mom, I was raised with a single mom. And so my mom was both like my mom and my dad at the mm-hmm. same time in my house. But for anybody who's had a single mom, a lot of times a single mom ends up having to be more of a father in a home. Than a mother to kind of hold it down, you know? Mm. And so I got to, ex- I, I experienced more of, um, do any other way to say it, but almost more of this fathering from my mom than like a nurturer from yep. my mom.
0: Yeah, And
2: so um, by the time I found myself in this broken, lonely season um, of this person nurturing me, uh, it was almost as if she began to fill this mothering space in my life and my soul that had not been tended to by the Lord yet. Uh, and so I was allowing her to fill a gap in my life that I hadn't, that I didn't even know was missing. That I hadn't invited God into, mm-hmm. and met Him in that way. Um, and so, uh, anyway, the Lord just—he, he, I—I just walked through this beautiful healing process with God as a nurturer and God as uh, the, the maternal side of God's heart for us, you know. Mm. Um, and it was really beautiful. And uh, and then there was this period of time of um, my mind being renewed. Um, and I had to figure out w- real quick. I thought it was okay for, I'm just being hundred percent honest with yeah. you. I thought I could get away with now that this girl loves Jesus, she gave her life to Jesus, got baptized. Uh, maybe we can be friends now and like, we can still talk here and there and I can kind of help her with her walk with the Lord yeah. because we're not in this space anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's foolish. Like you're laughing because it's literally foolishness, but like, that's what I thought, you know, and there's so many yeah. people who walk through. Toxic, unhealthy homosexual relationships, and still mm-hmm. think that when God brings them out of it, that they can still hold on a little bit, and that it, it'll work. That uh, that they're strong enough, you know. And in yeah. uh, my life, um, looks like I had to completely shut that relationship down and not not try to be friends in that space anymore. But it took me a while to figure it out. Mm. And so, uh, even after I got free. I fell in sin a few times after that because I kept trying to help her in ways that I wasn't supposed
1: to. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like there was when you were when you were initially saying that, oh, well, I can help her through her walk and all that stuff. Do you feel like there was just you had tried to kind of sometimes I feel like we try to talk ourselves into things like that. And it's sometimes it's a subconscious thing that we force something into our subconscious or if there's maybe underlying things. But in the back of your mind, you know the real reason why like you didn't want to let go or was that part of the process for you?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm sure that was part of it because uh we had sin not just emotionally um in a relationship, but we were physically intimate. Um mm. like we, we were physically intimate in sin. Yeah. And so uh I believe that there were uh Things that I gave her, things that she gave me that are reserved for our husbands, yep. uh, that it caused us to be connected in ways that God never intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when that happens, um, our soul is still yearning for that connection if we have not properly severed those ties in the spirit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I, I, I would say my soul was still reaching for something that I had used to medicate some brokenness in my sure. life. And until I find, like, completely learn to lean into God to to fill those places and fill those gaps, I'm yeah, I'm sure there is still this drawing in me for that. Um, And so it 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 took me a second, a a couple, I would say, a couple years, uh, to walk in total freedom um, from like completely cutting it off, and then also in my mind. You know, yeah. because now I have all these memories of us being intimate and memories yeah. of going to the pizza shop together and all these things that would come up. And I, I had to have my mind renewed. Uh, and so I had to get in the word and find scriptures to meditate on and scriptures to stand on. That anytime those thoughts would come, that I would, one, bring them into the light with people that I trusted and people that were walking me through it. And I would confess it quickly and say, oh, I just I just need to tell you, I just had this thought about me and this girl again. Or I just had this memory come up. And then I would meditate on that. I have the mind of Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what
2: the word says, Lord, I thank yeah, you that I have your right. mind that I meditate on things that are uh, pure and holy and righteous and just, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. I just begin to declare the word of God over my mind so good. Uh, as well as confessing it. And so it, it took me a, a couple years to one, shut the relationship all the way down to like, stop talking, to stop yeah. texting, to stop, checking in to see how she's doing spiritually, you know, like it took me a while to completely shut that down and to get my mind renewed to where I can finally say like, I'm free. Um, And uh, yeah.
1: I don't know. Honestly, Jasmine, like the hope that this brings this type of a a story and the willingness to be bold and share it brings so much hope to so many people. And I think that um, if people are in the right, headspace and the right level of spiritual maturity, they're going to rejoice at hearing what you went through and how God took you through it because God doesn't waste anything. So he's gonna take yeah. your past experiences and, and how you overcame it, he's gonna help other people. But there's something really interesting that really stood out to me the first time I read this, I think it was back in June when you posted this, or end of June, beginning of July, something like that. Um, that really stuck out to me was how you acknowledged that God had brought this person in your life for you to actually lead to him. And yeah, you didn't, you blew it, you know, yeah. but, yeah. but number God's grace was still in effect. Like the fact that you were still able to lead her to the Lord, you were still able to fulfill his, per- her life using you is just a Testament to God's grace and his goodness, yeah. but also. Um, and I just lost it. Oh no, it's coming back. It, oh, oh, it's no. coming back. Yeah. But back? I just think that, that, that is so powerful. And I think that, um, uh, oh, hold on. I think it's back. Okay.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. The Elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner. Visit Elijah slash donate is
1: that I, I often look at like, there's other people who are in bad relationships. It doesn't have to be romantic. It can just be yeah. a really bad emotional relationship. You know, you're in it with a friend, a friend who you you're not, it's not healthy for you to be that close. Um, but God actually sometimes will, I feel like will present us with opportunities where we need to grow in. Like it's kind of that whole thing of like, God, Help me to be more loving, and then suddenly there are more opportunities where you get irked, <laughs> yeah. and you have these temptations to not be loving. And yeah. and every everybody everybody knows what that's about. You know, everybody knows what I'm talking about with that. Um, but um, I feel like it just makes me look at even hearing your story and looking at my life and going, gosh, like what are the other areas where I just totally blew it? Where I was like, mm-hmm. I was meant to actually like that area where I actually felt like I was so weak. I just need to be removed from the situation from this person. And and all I had was bitterness in my heart towards them. Wow. But I was actually supposed to be like, I was supposed to, there was something that God wanted to do in them through me, where both of us were going to grow in the process. Um, yeah. And there's been a lot of areas where I've excelled at, where I was like people I couldn't stand. And suddenly they were my favorite people after a couple of months, you know, um, but yeah, I just lo- I love that about your story. I think um, that's going to bring a lot of a lot of uh, healing to a lot of people watching this. Um, Amen. Yeah. But what has the process been like now of of telling this story? It's out. It's out there. You know. Yeah. What has that process been like?
3: Yeah.
2: Um,
1: there's been. I'm just gonna be super
2: authentic with you, Jeff we're live. I'm just going to be super. Yeah, that's how we, that's like, what we want it. Um, there's been such a. Um, so Revelation 12. Uh, 10 talks about. Uh, the enemy being the accuser of the brethren.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And this scripture. That's Revelation 12. 10. And then. In Revelation 12, 11, it's a scripture that we all know and love. And it says, they've over, they've conquered him or overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives unto death. And we love to quote the second, the second verse. But the second verse is a response to the first verse. Hmm. Um, it says that first it calls the enemy the accuser of the brethren, that he's been thrown down. Um, and then it says, and they've overcome him like him being the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And something i found in this whole process of even during the relationship, after the relationship, I got to know the accuser of the brethren really well. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, During that relationship, it sounded like him saying to me, well, you're in this relationship. You must be gay. You must be a homosexual because look at where you are right now. Uh, but like this accusation or this invitation into an agreement with a different identity than who I am as a daughter and what God says about me. And I remember knowing that I had a decision to make of if I was going to agree with that and like, like go in that route or not. And it's like, I could feel the spirit of God in me. Like, no, Mm. that's not who you are. But there was always this like, this must be this must be you you must be you must be oh man and um and so i just i'm i'm thankful that by the mercy of god the spirit of god in me never allowed me to come into agreement with that yeah um but like i heard the voice of the accuser so often during that time and then it's crazy after i get out of the relationship afterwards um I, it's like i can i'm hearing the accuser through other people of like well if you share your testimony uh, people are gonna say this about you or they'll say that about you or uh, mm. they're gonna hold you to this even though you're free, they're gonna like bind you to this. Um, and it, it's honestly, the it, it is the warfare that I felt around the testimony is what people will just say about the testimony. The reality is, um, I kind of said it in the post, that so many people have walked through things like this, especially no. women. Um, Uh, kind of have this weird place in in the church where uh, there are some churches that will talk about homosexuality or about same-sex attraction, talk about what the word of God says about it and uh, address that space. And it's it's awesome. We need truth. We need people to address that. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's this other space that we don't talk about of when people maybe don't identify as homosexuality of homosexuals, or they've never struggled with same sex attraction, but they've crossed boundaries in their life because of like brokenness or uh, bondage in their life or uh, unhealthy ways of processing friendships. Uh, And so then you have women and men that end up in friendships that cross boundaries emotionally and physically because (laughs) of brokenness. And then those people, because they they don't feel like they, actually struggle with homosexuality or same-sex attraction, they never get free and yeah. never get to walk in the light of these other awkward things that have happened in friendships that God also wants to heal and speak to and deal with. Um, and so because of a fear of being accused of being homosexual, homosexual or of a fear of uh, what people will say about a testimony, we just don't share testimonies. We don't talk yep. about what we've walked through or what God has done in our life And I felt that I felt that I felt the warfare around the testimony. And um, I shared it at my church, you know, a few weeks ago, I felt like the Lord said to share it in this sermon and uh, I've shared it in one-on-one settings a lot. I've shared it in small groups. I've shared it and helped people walk through things. Uh, But this is the first season where I've shared it publicly uh, in larger scale spaces. Um, And I felt it was almost like the enemy was okay with me sharing it with like one on one groups or like small groups. But when it got to like sharing it in front of more people at one time, I can feel this like absolutely not do not share it. Do not go there. you know you're digging and, um, your heels
1: in you like,
2: yeah, sweaty yeah. and it, I've had to like really go before the Lord and just be like, Lord, this isn't my testimony. It's yours.
3: Yeah, it's your on. story. Wow This
2: belongs to you. I told you my life was yours. That includes my testimony, which means you can do with my testimony what you want to do with it. And I don't have to defend myself because you're my defender and you will defend what is yours. So the story is yours. And so you will defend it. Um, But all that to say that scripture by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, it's a response to, it it is the the remedy for the accuser of the brethren. Uh, And so I've had to understand uh, the remedy for the accuser is not to stop talking about it or to say nothing. The remedy is the word of the testimony. So I yeah. have to share the testimony to confront the accuser. Um, yeah. And so that that's, I hope that answers your question. That's yeah, it totally does. In this
1: yeah. And I do feel like too, even in the midst of like people may, I, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of just thinking out loud here. Cause God has been speaking to me a lot about this lately. And I think, especially because of the nature of, of what I do is, is not making it, hey, this is so and so who is an ex drug addict. Hey, this is yeah, Jasmine. Yeah. She used to be in yeah. a lesbian relationship. <laughs> you know, like all these things where it's like, man, we're new. We are legit new creations. Uh-huh. That Jasmine doesn't ex- She's gone. Yeah. You know, the yeah. stuff that I dealt with in my past, it's gone. Yeah. The person who's a drug addict, that person is dead. And I think yeah. there's this removal that happens when we get ourselves into that. When we get that revelation. There's this removal to be able to look at maybe a little more objectively at past the things that happened, uh, but also from a place of victory. It's like crossing. I just got the image of like being on two images of like a, like two sides of a ravine, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like you're on the other side now and maybe the bridge is crumbled or whatever. By God's grace, he got you over there from one side to the other. And you can look back on it, not being able to be harmed by that stuff anymore right. from a new place of identity. And I think right. that it's so important. I've noticed that just growing up, I didn't really grow up, grow up in the church, but I've been involved in the church long enough to see that there is this tendency for us to take people's testimonies and create idols out of them. And it's like, boom, there you go. You know, like I, um, I think it's a slippery slope to be able to fall into that temptation of like, you know, Oh, we want to, we want this person to come because they have a crazy testimony and, and and we want to make it all about their testimony. And I think that I just am finding myself more and more as I grow in the Lord in this place of just rejoicing in like who these people are now. Yeah. And I think that's where the power comes from. We need more power in the church. Yeah, absolutely do. And so I love, yes. I mean, you're definitely in that place. You know, it's obvious that um, of walking in victory. And even when you sing, like there's this level of authority that comes when you're singing about the goodness of God and, I was just watching the other night, uh, there was a, when you performed at the, the, uh, the mall, um, with Sean Foy yeah. and you were seeing the stone in the sling or something like that. And, and I was just like, my sister sent it to me. She's like, Hey, she's like, listen, I was, I was just on, it. I just got like, like, like tears filled the, filled my eyes. I was like, man, mm. like this woman, she speaks with such authority from a place of victory, knowing mm. like God's goodness. It's like, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So, yeah
2: we, we've we yeah. been some uh, some of our worship community we've been talking about that a lot recently about uh it, it's those moments it's like it, i mean it's so so many people where we love how they leave worship or we feel that when they sing it's it's usually the ones who we can feel that they're singing with conviction yeah and a lot of the times it's because they they believe what they're singing yeah because they walked through it you know and so like i don't know man when i'm singing stone in the sling when i'm singing uh all i need is a memory of a victory you know the same god who delivered me will deliver me again like that that when i'm thinking about that when i'm singing that i'm like yeah i just gotta (laughs) remember god set me free from a crazy dark lesbian relationship and i should be i should not be where I am right now. And that's just a memory. That's just one memory of one victory of what God has done. Uh, There's this other part of the song that says first came the lion, then came the bear. Now comes the giant. It's like, like that's in the timeline, that's gotta be a lion. There's other things that I get to like conquer. You know what I mean? I'm just 30 years old, 31 years old. And so it's like, when I can look at it as my testimony, it's like, man, God, look what you did in my life. Look at that victory and look at that victory. And every one of these victories speaks to another one that is to come Come on, because it's him that yeah. did it, not me, you know, come on. uh, but I get fired up singing that song because, yeah. because I'm thinking about my testimony.
1: It's so know? good. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, so, okay. Kind of backtracking a little bit. I'm really curious. Um, cause you had mentioned that you'd heard the Holy spirit talking to you while you were in this relationship, right? where? How did God's voice play a role in in it? Was there a lot of squishing it down and it got more faint? What was that like?
2: Yeah, yeah I, I'd say that's a great way of describing it. It it was like early on because, yeah, I was walking with Jesus, you know, and so early on I would feel these like um, uh, these nudges from him. These, uh, It's like when you walk into <laughs> – you ever been in a – walking through somebody's house or a room that you're not super familiar with and it's dark and you're trying to like find your way through the room and Mm -hmm. you like run into a couch and like, like, you know, like you didn't see it, but it got you in your stomach. It's like that. It was like, I would, I would have a lot of those moments of like, Oh my gosh, like the Holy spirit, like stop. And, um, I wasn't in a place in my life where I was consistently, spending time with God, or as we would call it here daily. I wasn't having daily personal encounters with God. I wasn't yeah. um, stewarding just an intimate relationship with God. And there were other seasons of my life where I, I had, but in that season, I was in kind of a dry space. I was in a bit of a wilderness. I, I was offended at God because I had seen people healed for years through my own hands. You know, I just, I grew up seeing people get healed and blind eyes open and, broken bones, be healed, you know? And mm-hmm. so I saw it with my own hands. So here I am, a senior, my senior year of college, about to play my last year's scholarship, B1 basketball, and I get injured. I tear my ACL, which is like the end. Yeah. Uh, for that season, it was just done. And yeah. so I'm like, God, like, I see healings all the time. How come you're not healing my leg? Like, heal my ACL, What? what's the deal? And so I got to a place where I was like offended at God, I wasn't connected to my community. I lived about an hour away from my church community. And so uh, I was in basketball season and I wasn't really getting to connect with them regularly. Um, I I wasn't in a good place, you know? Um, It was a perfect um, mix. It was a perfect mixture of things. A perfect storm. uh, Yeah, that left me very vulnerable. And so uh, I started, uh, as me and this girl started connecting more, there'd be these little milestone moments where even though I wasn't spending time with God every day, I'd feel him like, stop. And then I would continue through it. And um, and then, yeah, it was kind of like, it felt like those stops got more and more faint. Um, and it reminds me of Romans, uh, I, I think it's Romans 1, where it talks about God giving them over to a debased mind. yeah, um, And it, it it felt like that. It felt like, in my continual decision to say no to him, um, that it was, almost, I felt like I was being given over to the thing that I was choosing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and he was still there. There were still moments like that, that moment, you know, in the, um, we were in a, in a hotel room and uh, it was like that rock bottom day where I could just kind of just feel him like pleading with me, you know, and it was like this, God, I don't know what to do but I want to be free I give you permission to like mm. get me out of this thing. Uh but I would say the conviction that wall that I felt was it it for sure felt a little less intense than it did the first day that I felt it in the relationship. Oh sure. Uh and I, you know I yeah so that's how I would answer that.
1: Yeah and then I I would imagine there was a lot of r- rationalizing out in your head. You're like it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Or maybe it was, I need this, I need this. Um, because you mentioned even in your post that it wasn't, it wasn't the same sex attraction that you had struggled with. It was the brokenness and that was the fuel behind it. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was the, uh, there, there was a gap in my soul, um, Hmm. of this nurturing of this, um, care, you know, and. Like I said, I walked through, I, so I, I grew up without my, um, my mom and dad got divorced when I was two and my mom got remarried when I was about five. And, um and then like a few years into that other marriage, my stepdad ended up being an alcoholic on drugs. Mm. So just not, he was there, but not greatly yeah. there. Um, and my, my father uh, wasn't in a good place for those years. We, we, uh, God restored both of those relationships way down the road. Um, but like my childhood, uh, there was for sure a gap there. And so I thought when I was going into this, just this pursuit of healing, I thought, Oh, there's probably all this dad stuff. That's going to come up. And I like leaned into it. And it was like, God was like, actually, I want to talk to you about your mom. And I was like, Oh Um, my gosh. No.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is interesting.
2: And, um, So he, yeah, he showed me so much in that space and his, and his mercy and his kindness. Um, But yeah, it it was, it was never this same sex attraction space. It was uh, something in my soul that was, that needed healing, that needed uh, the the touch of the Lord, the hand Mm -hmm. of God, you know?
1: Yeah. And so do you feel like, and I think maybe, maybe you alluded to this earlier, but um, I know that, okay, I'll give you kind of an example before I kind of frame it for how it might apply to you. Um, there was a woman, Uh, she's a, she's a believer now. I, I honestly cannot remember her name. I wish I did because I'd love to have her on the show. But she grew up uh, with just her mom and her life. And her mom treated her almost like a spouse. And so psychologically, there was this kind of uh, connection there that maybe wasn't God didn't design to be there between a mother and a daughter. Um, yeah. And so when she grew into adulthood, she was like, of course I'm a lesbian because mm, it was like, she wow. been kind of conditioned to that growing up. But she talks a lot about this, about the psychology behind it and everything, but how Satan really got, got a hold of her. But there was this being drawn even with like gay men, for example, can have, issues where they have an issue with their dad. And so suddenly there's this fixation on that. And so there's almost this like trying to redeem that relationship through being in a relationship with another man. Do you feel like yeah. there was something kind of like that with you being, a, being in this relationship with this woman as well? Yeah. Because of the I- relationship with your mom.
2: Yeah, I feel like slightly different than this woman's testimony. I'm so intrigued by her testimony. I would love to hear. Yeah, I gotta
1: find. I gotta find it. When I do, I'll let you know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, send it it my way. I'm intrigued by that. Um, Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was slightly different. Uh, I I think it was more of a. um, It felt like trying to be what I saw, what I learned. Hmm. So I saw my mom operate any other way to explain it more from this fatherly role um and so it was uh protect provide pursue like it was like this uh she was doing all the things that my father was probably supposed to do if he would have been there to try to make ends meet to try to make it work sure. um sure. and so it was like i was almost trying to replicate that like it was like I thought well this must be what a woman is like um so I'm going to do this for this person um and then and then this girl um her relationship with her father was damaged it wasn't awesome especially during that last few years when we met uh and I don't know if damage is the right word but it wasn't whole it wasn't great and so um it was almost like this maternal thing, and she was providing that, and she needed this strong, um, more protector, provider type of space, defender, to be yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. And it was like, Oh, I know how to do that, Man. and so we were both filling these gaps for each other. Uh, neither one of us really had the ability to do it, you know, yeah, uh, not so cut we out for trying. it, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, like we were trying. In sin, you know, yeah. um, but it was causing us to operate outside of who God has made us to be,
3: yeah.
2: um, you know, um, but I, I, I would say I don't, I don't resonate with the my mom and I's relationship in that sense. I, right. I didn't feel that, but I felt like it was more of a I, I don't I didn't grow up around uh, seeing the full dynamic of a husband and wife
0: together help Elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world all donations go toward making Elijah fire and the Elijah fire podcast possible visit Elijah slash donate and become a partner today
2: I grew up seeing my mom try to do both mm-hmm. and having to do both and mm-hmm. I have four brothers you know four brothers and a sister that I grew up with at least um is more but four brothers and a sister that I grew up with and uh three of those boys she raised all you know for their whole lives and so uh, i'm 11 years the youngest and so by the time i came up my mom had been mothering and fathering for a long time yeah. by herself with three boys you know what i mean and so um yeah so i remember even like just ask i had to get i asked the lord to help me with my femininity um i felt even in that space i grew up my whole life playing basketball mm-hmm. and i got Bunch of brothers, you know, and then I found myself in this position. Um, uh, I like cut my hair down to a little afro, uh, which can be feminine, but like it was connected to the season that I was in during that time, and so uh, it it was almost as if I leaned into this role with her as a father that I didn't have the authority or ability at all, the capacity to carry, Mm -hmm. um, and so when i came out of it i realized there's like this feminine feminine part of me that i need god to restore that i need god to heal um and i remember going to this church one day and this lady called me out and gave me prophetic word and she was like god's restoring your femininity and i was like
3: no
1: god like everybody
3: else can see it too like it's
1: like, <laughs> you're, like D- you're like sweating yeah, you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: and uh, but it was god like uh, that was what he was speaking to me about, you know, and he was just affirming it in his kindness, and um, and so he's done so much of that, and it's been part of the beauty of having an amazing husband who is who's pursued me like in the way that G- it talks about Jesus uh, in the church and husband loving his wife in that way, and mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing how when a man uh, boldly and confidently pursues a woman. Oh, yeah. uh, the way that God intended it to, the mm-hmm. way it unlocks a flower, the way it unlocks yep. a woman, you know? And so um, that was just as much a part of the process as some of the other healing that God did before he came. But like, mm. um, it, it's been beautiful to see God restoring that feminine side of me that I didn't know. I didn't know it during that time that, I, that the enemy was trying to steal from me, you know? Yeah. Um. So I hope that makes
1: sense. Yeah, and I love how everything is everything is connected to this process of of being conformed to his image, right? But also walking in how God designed you and created you to be everything is connected. And I love that like even even you walking out marriage and being in marriage has been a part of this as well and it's it's um it should be a testament that we should be more mindful of of the things in our lives and what God is doing rather than the comparison of oh, well, if I had this or I had that, I'm like, maybe God has the thing, the very thing that you need in your life right now is the thing that you need to be just really leaning hard into. Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, but I, the other thing that I love about your story too, is I feel like there's a lot of assumption that's made within, can be within the body of Christ, where we look at, say a gay or lesbian individual. And we, we think we know we're like, they're they're just they're so they're just so rotten to the core and they're so you know that's an oversimplification because there's a lot of people doing a lot of good within the body of christ i'm not trying to insult anybody but i do feel like there's a lot of assumption we can make as humans i guess maybe is a a better a better way we see something and we just read it and we go okay now obviously discernment can can play in but unless that's a part of the equation of getting a word of knowledge about somebody like, yeah, uh, as was the case with your, your friend who called you yeah. up and was like, Hey, yeah. a dream. And this is, you know, um, yeah. unless that happens, like we just don't know. Yeah. Um, and even in the case with your friend, she didn't know, she thought it was something completely different.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think that this is a perfect example of like, it's, it's, it can be a complicated process of events that lead you to that moment of making a decision like you made to be in that relationship or one that i guess it was a series of boundaries crossed lines crossed that kind of you're like
3: yeah.
1: whoa like yeah. you look around you're like okay here we are but yeah i think it's important to maintain people's humanity when we're looking at them even if it's somebody we disagree with
2: yeah i think that's super important jeff like there's uh you're right we we make i mean with with so many types of testimonies Mm -hmm. we just assume we know everything about people and their stuff and what it is it's like oh they're a drug addict oh they must not have had a dad like we just like assume we we know everything all the time uh and there's so much uh you know about what god is doing the storyline what what the, how he how things have happened you know like i love that jesus when he meets the woman at the well uh really, he's got words and knowledge about her life about what's happening yeah. about the the details the history and for whatever reason he thought it was fit to like dialogue about that part of her life before just being like stop <laughs> you know right. like like he was like in it he and by the spirit he knew details and he knew things about her story um and i think uh, god can set people free without us knowing their story without us knowing the details it's just what it is but i do believe that in the body of christ there's something so beautiful about when people come and it's clear that they have a testimony it's something there's something so beautiful about us being willing to like uh hear people's story and to learn Mm -hmm. what's happening and to sit with them and ask questions and Because there's usually going to be facets of that testimony that God that's unique to them that God wants to release and He wants to set other people through or free through. Uh, But if we just assume everybody's story is the same and we just lump people into these large categories, we miss out on different facets of God and His faithfulness and who He is in the world to people Mm -hmm. and what He's doing His mercy. You know, Um, the other thing that I would like to say about that, what you just said, is is um, I. I was one of the people that used to really harshly judge we're living in a homosexual lifestyle. Wow. So I was kind of like, I remember, so when I got to college my freshman year, probably 90% of my team was living in that lifestyle. And I wasn't wasn't even thinking about it, but it's like the women's basketball world is full of it. It's huge Interesting. women's basketball space. Uh, and so like 90% of my team, for sure, like one of the first interactions I had one my, with one of my teammates was her asking me, if I was gay or not, just because that's what you ask another girl in the basketball world quick, you know, that's what that space is like. Wow. And I was just like, no, 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 absolutely not. You know? And there was one girl on the team who her mom was actually a pastor or minister. And her mom would always be trying to like minister to her. And so she had this like heart for the Lord, but was in this like very loud relationship and she would come to me and like, she felt safe. So she would just ask me, about the space and the word of God and about God's heart for her, and, and so I would just minister to her and love on her. But I just kind of had this mindset with her of like, just stop. <laughs> just, you know, I was just like, just stop and sin. Just stop doing that. Yeah. You know, like, and she'd just be like weeping, and she's like, it's not that easy, you know. And I'm like, oh yeah, it is. Like, yeah, cold stop, turkey.
1: You know? Here we go. Stop. Yeah, yeah, just do it.
2: And. I just remember judging her pretty intensely. You know, she wasn't a follower of Jesus. Like she was just trying to figure it out. Not, you know, she wasn't walking with the Lord or anything. And, uh, but, you know, in an, in an, in the church, out of the church, Christian, non-Christian, I would just judge people, everybody Ooh. who was in that space. Like, it's just easy. God just stop, you know? Yeah. And I remember being, I remember when I got out of this whole scenario and I was talking to one of my mentors, and I was telling her how harshly I used to judge people and then told her about, you know, everything that had happened. And she was like, "Um, man, it's crazy. I don't know where the scripture is either. I love that you keep finding the scriptures. I don't know where they are right now, but (laughs) the scripture, uh, judge not judge. She like quoted it to me. And she was like, it's crazy how quick, how all of us are at risk. Hit me so deep. Uh, because here I am, you know, I just lived these years of just being like, Psh, that's not hard. Like, come on, just stop doing it. And then I found myself in this position where it felt like I hit rock bottom where I was like, Lord, I can't, I need you to grab me, to rescue me, to deliver me out of this. Like I hit that spot where I was like, I can't do it on my own. Yeah. And, uh, and it, and then I remember just looking back on it and being like, Oh, like I was in the spot that I used to like. Being in, and I needed Jesus. And the reality is, it is easy for Him, but when I'm trying to do it on my own strength, I can't. It's not no. that simple. No, nope. um, but can't. it's easy for Him. <laughs> you know, like it says yeah. that He healed on the Sabbath, like it's easy for Him to do, but in my own strength, no, it's not easy. You know, uh, it requires a Savior, it requires a deliverer, it requires giving Him and inviting Him into it in its fullness and knowing understanding the beauty the revelation of what he did on the cross for us you know yeah um but i yeah anyway i just i just um realize now outside of spending daily daily encounters with god spending time with god regularly staying in the vine being with him any of us are a decision away from that testimony yeah you know like any of us oh, yeah. are a decision away from so many different testimonies and it has created this, like, it's, it's, it's led me into this humility of like matter how long I've been in ministry. It doesn't matter how much, how mature I think I am, how long I've been walking with God. I still need him. History with God doesn't negate my need for God. Hmm. Like it only, yeah. it only should make me more aware of my need. Sure, sure.
3: Um,
2: And I think I was there in pride where I was like, Oh, I know God. Like, Never gonna get hit with that, like that's crazy. That's so easy. Oh, like, my
1: goodness, yeah! You know? Oh, man, I can't even imagine though, like the bitter pill of having to swallow your pride when you've yes. been in that headspace to all of a sudden, yeah. be in that space. Like, was there any talking yourself at like when as it was happening, you're like, no, that's this is different, <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, the things honestly, we tell ourselves, yeah,
2: honestly, if I'm just super authentic with you, like, there's still moments where, like, uh, uh. Guys, sent over a potential uh, title. I'm just we something we say a lot around here is we like to keep things in front of us so that it doesn't grow inside of us. So we just tell yeah. on ourselves fast when we have like yeah. thoughts that are weird or lies that yeah. we're believing and stuff. And so, like when you sent the title over, "Freed from Homosexuality," like of a potential title or whoever sent that out about yeah, yeah, what this talk could be yeah. called. Uh, like, I don't think we. I don't know if we can call it that. It says homosexuality. And I literally had this whole moment with the Lord where it's like, "That's what it is. That's your testimony. Like yeah. that's the name of it, you know." Yeah. Like, uh, but it's well, like, we changed yes. the title, so <laughs> yeah. Either way, you can use the other one if you want to. Cool. All right,
1: we'll change it back.
2: Yeah, yeah change it back. It's fine. You to know what this is, is about. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's crazy though. You know, like how that connection of like I judged this so harshly and then found myself in it. And these moments where it's like, oh no, maybe that's not what it's actually, maybe it wasn't called that, you know, like, it's just this. was like, no, 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 yeah. no. Like, that's what it was. Uh, yeah. That's what happened. That's what God set me free from. Yeah. Week. And I think
1: that's too what like sin can do too, where like, if you're, if you're, you give into something and then you, but you kind of, you felt like you tiptoed around. You're like, I didn't really do it because yeah, yeah, it yeah. wasn't really, you know, and then the Holy Spirit's always like, dude, come on. Come on! Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy because yeah. that keeps us from full freedom. Right. You know. Yeah, it's like, like why
1: justify it? Like lay it out, like lay it bare. And I think, man, that's so crucial, so crucial. So, yeah, I think there was one more thing that I wanted to ask. Let me just uh, peruse my notes really quick. Yeah. I think. Okay. Oh, has there been? I know that you're kind of recently emerged on a larger scale and sharing this, but had I would imagine you've gotten a couple of testimonies from other people that have reached out as a result. Has there been, have you noticed any common denominators in there in the midst of other people's stories?
2: Yeah. um, Friendship spaces. Interesting. Friendship spaces, crossing boundaries. It's so common wow uh i i've gotten more messages from people who will say i've never struggled with this This friendship and boundaries got crossed and now this is where i am um wow. i've heard that more than i've heard people like you know, in, in some other scenario of walking in that lifestyle and i'm not saying that there maybe there are a lot more of people who have walked through it in that way uh but as far as responses that i've gotten or, or dms that i've gotten is so many people in the church who have never told anybody but they had a friendship like that where boundaries got crossed things happened they swept it under the rug act like nothing happened and now they struggle in friendships and they don't have healthy great pure friendships because they're scared that it's going to happen again because it never got dealt with
1: interesting yeah yeah, I have a, a like a couple of friends where it's been kind of a similar situation where they had, um, you know, um, yeah, that's really interesting though. Um, and do you feel like maybe it's a part of it is like you're looking for something that only, only you you can ultimately ultimately only find in God, but then there's this like hole that you're trying to feel, kind of like your situation where it was like there was this there was this empty void that you were trying to fill with worldly things. And then you kind of found yourself in that situation.
2: Yeah. I, I I think that's part of it. I also think, I think in the friendship space, part of what's happening from, you know, a couple of the scenarios that I've walked with people through or, or seen or heard, uh, is I don't think we talk enough about friendships in the church, about healthy relationships. Yeah. And so, um, reality is God really values friendship. He really cares about it. Um, he only uses the word a few times in the word of God, uh, where God calls somebody his friend. Like that, that's only in a few spots in the word of God, which says to me that it's very weighty to him. It's an important sure. thing to him. Um, it's rare, you know, and uh, so he values friendship. It's, it's, it's important. And, uh, but it's not an area of life that I've heard a lot of people say that they ask God about. Where they pray about friends and they ask God, "Does this friendship please you? Is this the friend that you want for me for this season? Is this?"
3: Yeah. Where people are yeah.
2: not—that's not like a space that has been sacred to us. It's not a yeah. space that's been holy to us where we care about what God thinks about it. It's almost one of those spaces that we just assume God doesn't have anything to say about it. So I'm just going to kind of handle this side of things on my own. Man, and, uh, I'll pray about—I'll pray about my destiny and my calling and my giftings, but I won't ask God about my friendships because it's just kind of one of those things. Man. But when we don't ask him about stuff, it takes us into a place where it's easier for it to become perverted. Uh, when, when it's not spoken to, when God's not like speaking to something and sh- saying his identity over it, saying with his heart in it, the purpose of a thing becomes perverted. Man. It shifts from the original intent when you don't know the original intent of what it is. Uh, and I think that's what happens a lot in friendships because it's not holy to us. It's not sacred.
1: Man. Like, uh, cause yeah, definitely been in a couple of friendships where I'm like, my wife has even been like, why are you still friends with this person? And I'm like, because like, I'm supposed to love them and I'm supposed to <laughs> she's like what there's no, it's a one-sided friendship. You're carrying the bulk of whatever. And this person is being selfish. And it was a really hard thing where I had this moment where this guy, he came out of drug addiction. I was a part of his life in really him and some other guys really rallying around him getting him, you know, speaking life over him, all these things really good, right? Like, um, but then it just turned into this really unhealthy thing where like, if he called, I'd drop everything and talk to him. And it was like minimum three hour conversation. And then I would be really upset and irritable afterwards. And my wife was like, why, why are you doing this to yourself? And I was like, no, cause I give Jesus and like blah, 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 <laughs> you know? and. <laughs> and and then finally the lord like he ended up making some really poor choices and my friends and i were there for him but the, he made some really poor choices going down a road we couldn't go down and we're like bro like you got we had an intervention with him didn't go very well um yeah. and had to cut cut that off and um and that was a, i was really tormented mm. by that decision because i'm like super compassionate want to save everybody. And that's not my job.
0: Thanks for listening. The Elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner, visit Elijah slash donate.
1: You know, and I think that that can be turned into madness. If, if it's not that compassion and that desire to save people, isn't connected to the correct power source. Yeah. And that's the Lord. I think yeah. we can look for these other power sources to support, to to fuel whatever maybe even giftings that we have but if they're not connected to the lord all of a sudden it's like just turns into crazy town
2: yeah yeah Yeah. that's real it's uh anything yeah anything that we haven't submitted to god and given him permission to speak into and to give identity to uh anything it's at risk of being perverted the purpose of it being perverted yeah um so it, uh, it, but I, I do believe God has a lot to say about our friendships and the relationships that are in our lives, and and I, I wish, I mean, hopefully we can contribute to this. But I just wish we talked about it more, you know, in the body of Christ, Man. friendships, relationships, this space.
1: Man, no, for real. I, I think even, um family members I think can even be an issue you know where if you have a you know confides in her mom and she's not branching out I know some people like this who that I mean this woman's in her I think late 30s has never been in a relationship Uh, her mom is her confidant all these things and it's this I think we can do the, we can insulate our lives with unhealthy things because we're too afraid to be vulnerable and we're too afraid to step out and be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go through the messiness of, you know, relationships with other people. And, and um, so, okay. I had a question really quick before we close this out is the whole idea of praying the gay away, because I think Mm -hmm. that I've heard test, not even testimony, but I've heard Story after story after story of people who are living a homosexual lifestyle who are like, I tried to pray the gay away, I tried to pray away, and nothing happened. And so I'm gay. Um, and then I started hearing people who God delivered from that lifestyle talk about that subject. And I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this, but they've said it wasn't until I fully surrendered and said, God, I. I can't do this on my own, much like the situation you were in. I am going to surrender these feelings in faith, believing that you've got something better for me. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on that whole idea.
2: Yeah, yes, yes to that. Um, So much of this space is a war against identity. Um, And so it's when I was in this relationship, the thing that got. Uh, presented to me more than anything else, um, over and over again, was you must be gay, and like I said before, it was an all-out effort to get me to own it as my identity. And if you notice, like in the homosexual lifestyle or community, like it, it is a thing where it's like like own it completely as your identity. It, that that's the the goal is to be able to be like this is who I am mm-hmm. um even um this space of like being born this way like it's this it's a war against, against identity um and god makes it very clear uh he calls us who he says we are what our identity is in the word of God um and like gay is not a part of our identity right. like it's just not in there it's not what he says we are you know uh, so anything that's causing people to lay down god-ordained identity to take over st- some other identity like i'm like hmm, what is what's this like even in the in the race space uh all the racial tension that happens like uh-huh. anything that tries to make me put it before my kingdom identity as a daughter yeah uh as a kingdom citizen if you want me to say that I'm gay first, if you want me to say that I'm black first, if you want me Mm -hmm. to say that I'm a political something first, like any of it, I'm just like, that is a, that is a, a disservice to what Jesus paid for on the cross for us to be brought into the family as sons and daughters. Like that was huge. What he paid for, for our identity to be what it is. And so we want to take something else. The enemy wants to take something else and say, no, this is your identity instead. and so. I would say, to answer your question, um, I don't know if that phrase, pray the gay way, I don't know if that's it anyway. (laughs) I don't know if that's even the conversation that we're supposed to be having. I think it is a constant pursuit and a pursuit of the revelation of who we are Mm. as sons and daughters and who he is as a father. Um, And I believe in that intimacy, like in the pursuit of intimacy with God, in daily personal encounters, and continuing to live a surrendered life, everything, every day, of just like giving it to Him. I don't know how any of us can live that life every day of surrendering everything to Him, and anything that's not from Him falling off of our lives. Uh, yeah. No matter what the sin is, whether it's homosexuality or pornography or hetero, uh, or for fornication, heterosexual sin homosexual sin, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, anything that is not a part of our identity and who God has created us to be. Like, uh, all if we're daily coming to him and daily saying, you can have everything, God, like there's nothing that's off limits, nothing that you can't touch. There's no folds. There's no corners. There's nothing hidden from you. Uh, then we can, I believe we can be free from anything. Um, yeah. Like, that that was my journey. Is it took it took me to a place of having to every day and still today of like every day I'm like, Jesus, you can have everything. And mm. uh the little things that I feel like are that happen in my mind or my heart. Uh not needing to forgive my husband, need having offense from somebody else, being mad about the ladies coming off in drop, you know, like <laughs> all of that stuff that's not yeah. the fullness of who God created us to be. That's right. Every day it falls off if we we continue to come to him and give it to him,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, uh, he's good. He's kind. Like his healing power, his uh, us walking in the fullness of what he's paid for on the cross for us, uh, he made it easy. He did it. He did the heavy lifting for That's us. Right. All we have to do is every day come to him and give him the things that mm-hmm. we're struggling with, Give him the things that are on our mind or in our heart. Uh, the temptations that are coming, he will always give a way out. So anyway, I think the lie is that it's hard, that meaning that it's hard for God. Um, Yeah, sure. Maybe it's it's difficult for us in our flesh and our own strength to figure out. But like, if we keep bringing it to him, we stay in the presence of God, if we keep saying, Lord, I surrender this to you, I, I don't know how a good father doesn't heal, doesn't take doesn't restore doesn't heal you know what i mean like um and i'm saying that because he's done it for me and i've seen countless testimonies where he's done it for other people i believe i believe in that in him um and then i would also say like um it it, i I, god gives us so many tools in the word of god that people just don't use (laughs) and so it's like being like hey you can build this house and then somebody being like and you're giving them like a whole tool set and like gear, all the things, and then them just coming back with a hammer and be like, I can't, I can't build it. It just doesn't work. You know, you're like the boards won't cut. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got like a lift and saw and full work crew. You got angels helping you. You know, you got all this stuff and you're using a hammer and mad because you can't like can't build it. You know, but like he's given us the gifts of the spirit. He's given us uh, a heavenly language. He's given us scripture to meditate on. He's given us this full armor of God. He's given us like there's so many things confession. Uh there's so many things that he's given us that if we will really take him at his word and and walk in everything that he's given us as a tool like I don't think it's fair for people to say that it doesn't work and not use all the tools that he's given Come us. On. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's fair.
1: Oh man never done that jasmine i've never never
2: <laughs> right right yeah. oh man pre-ins to the choir
1: preaching to myself
2: too
3: man
1: yeah totally yeah so jasmine uh seriously thank you so much for being bold and and transparent and and being willing this is gonna impact a lot of people um in years to come too just as you step out and you're and there's going to be more stories, you know, there's going to be more things. And I think that you live a lifestyle. You set such a great example of laying it bare, laying it all out for people. Um, like you're talking about keeping it all out in front of you. Um, and I think that that's, that's the way to live. I think us turtling up and keeping things hidden does a disservice to ourselves, And it does a disservice to what God is intending to do through those things we've walked through with other yeah. people. Um, so Jasmine, can you, can you pray for the people? I know there's, I, I know there's trans people. I know there's people that have walked through homosexual relationships, much like yours. And it's that closet thing yeah. um, that God wants to set those people free.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, well, Lord, we just love you. I I thank you for every person who's listening to this. And uh, I just, I'm boldly approaching your throne right now, Lord, as a daughter, I'm asking you to encounter every person right now, uh, that you would make your presence known right there in their room, right there in their car, wherever they're listening, would you meet them in such a tangible way with your presence right now, uh, as the God of mercy, as the God who heals, as the God who delivers, uh, I just pray that even right now, uh, as we're praying, that faith would arise in them, uh, that there would be a fresh belief of who you are, a fresh conviction of your of who you are, God, that you are good. Uh, like I said, that you are the deliverer, that you are the healer, that you heal on the Sabbath, you walk on water, uh, you make the dead things live. Like there's nothing impossible for you. Uh, and, and I thank you for just the way we can boast in our weaknesses uh, because it's it's your strength it's your strength. It's, it's you. We want you to be glorified. We want your strength to be made known in the world around us that people will get to see who you are so clearly through our testimonies, through our stories. Uh, Father, I thank you that your word says that in, in Revelation that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Uh, and so I just pray for a boldness mm-hmm. to rest even on every person uh, who has the same testimony or a similar testimony who's listening right now, who hasn't shared, who's kind of lived and kept the testimony to themselves. Father, I pray for a supernatural boldness to come on them, even right now, for you to begin to meet them and prophetically show them where they should be sharing this testimony, how they're supposed to share it, what it's supposed to look like. Uh, Father, come get your glory in every one of these stories that's like mine. Come Mm. get it. Come take it. Come get it for yourself. Get the glory, Father. All of it that's due to you father and, and and uh actively lord we give it to you as you come and get it we give it to you we say help us to do it show us what it looks like give us wisdom and uh, strategy and insight on what it looks like to celebrate what you've done to celebrate uh, the finished work of the cross and uh, lord for every person who maybe is still living in uh, in a dark place who's living living in a uh living a life that is hidden um that have not been shared, bondages that are still there. Uh, Lord, I'm asking you to shine your light. Uh, You are the light. You are the one who illuminates. You are the spirit of truth. And so even right now, uh, would you bring light? Would you show them what you're doing? Would you show them your plans and your purposes for them in this moment? Uh, Father, I pray that you would do the same thing that you did for me. Would you rescue them? Would you provide a clear way out? uh for whoever agrees with this right now lord i'm saying the same thing would you do whatever it takes to get them out uh the, the bible says that uh the, the spirit gives us what to pray that the spirit will intercede through us and so even now uh by the spirit of god the prayers that they don't even know to pray lord i'm praying through your spirit that you would deliver them that you would pull them right out of where they are that you would give friends and family members and spiritual leaders in their life and Uh, dreams and visions and prophetic words that help them get out of the bondage that they've been in, Lord. Do whatever it takes to pull your sons and daughters out, Lord. Uh, We love you. I I just thank you for the spirit of revelation that even as uh, we've been having this conversation that you've been revealing things to them, that you've been showing them things, uh, things that you've wanted to speak to for a while, things that you've wanted to heal for a while, things you've wanted to put your hands on for a while in their life, Lord, do it do what only you can do in their lives. And uh, I just thank you for the, every tool that you've given us in your word for freedom. Every weapon, every tool, uh, every promise that you've given us. Lord, teach us how to lean into everything that you paid for. Every promise, every tool, the armor, uh, the gifts of the spirit. Lord, uh, show us how to lean into all those things, how to how to acquire, how to walk in every single thing that you've given us. Uh, for freedom, Lord. Mm. Uh, And so uh, we just love you. We thank you for what you've done. Thank you for being so faithful to us. Mm. Thank you that your mercy, your undeserved kindness, that it endures forever. That you give us grace upon grace, that supernatural empowerment upon supernatural empowerment over and over again, that your mercies are new every morning, that your undeserved kindness is for us it's new every morning lord and so we just thank you for it we love you and uh yeah everybody that everybody that's listening right now i just bless them i declare your shalom over them uh, That there's nothing missing nothing lacking and nothing broken in them. your perfect peace lord in jesus name
1: Mm. amen amen man yes god is good man yeah he he is <laughs> okay Jasmine how can people follow you on the socials give them the deets so.
2: Give them the deets uh <laughs> on Instagram it's uh i am jasmine janae i think it's right there on the it's the website but i am before that um i, I don't really do twitter i'm kind of lame i don't do twitter so okay. Um, I don't
3: it's, it's, no. okay cool cool, cool. Yeah, yeah
2: basically just instagram i'm going to be figuring out that tiktok space at some point it's just i'm not there yet uh but i am on instagram and on facebook but instagram is the best way to connect
1: Cool. Right on. You know the drill, everybody. It's in the description. Jasmine Wheeler, everybody. I almost said Jasmine Tate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little pause there. Yeah. yeah I was just, I think about it. Um, thank you so much. This was this is amazing.
2: Thanks for having me. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to share the goodness of God. Uh, Absolutely. I, thank you so much.
1: Yeah. And I foresee us in the future. I foresee us as the body of Christ telling more stories like this, being just really transparent, yeah. really open, especially with what God is doing on the earth right now. Um, he's in the business of just going after that kind of stuff right now. So yes. uh, he's always been, I guess, but you know.
3: Yeah, especially
2: right yeah.
1: now. Yeah. Especially so, right now. I yeah. know so Thank you so much, Jasmine. Absolutely. Yeah. So everybody, that's our show. Have an amazing Wednesday. You got you to gotta DM her your testimonies of what God did through this. We want to hear those things. You can write them in the comments. You can write us personally. But yeah, especially Jasmine. Um, I think as she's being bold and she's stepping out, it's important for her to see the fruit of that. If you join us on Friday, we've got DeMonte Edmonds back. It's going to be a great time. That's going to be at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. We'll see you then. Bye.